Hello and welcome to Worship on Palm Sunday. Over the six week period of Lent, we have been building our own Lent worship space focused on a cross. Each week you have placed around the cross things that represent the theme of that week, such as temptation, service, anger, a significant person in your life, newness. As today is Palm Sunday, you will be able to place the palm cross which should have been in your Easter bag from church. If you haven't got one, then perhaps you could use one from around your house or even make a simple cross from paper. Let us come to worship now in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, you entered Jerusalem on a wave of enthusiasm, greeted by your joyful people, by shouts of praise and protestations of loyalty on every side. Yet you knew the bubble would soon burst, that the welcome was only skin deep. We come today with equal gladness, but conscious that our commitment like theirs may not be as strong as it should be. Our faith fickle if put to the test, our loyalty flawed. Speak to us through the story of that first Palm Sunday and through the events that followed. And so may our hosannas ring out as loudly tomorrow as they do today. In your name we ask it. Amen.
We come to God with our prayers. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you came to Jerusalem and were greeted by shouts of joy, welcomed as God's promised deliverer, the one he had chosen to rescue his people. But when the nature of your kingdom became clear, the sort of freedom you offered fully apparent, so the responses changed. The shouts of Hosanna turned to cries of crucify. The hands stretched out in friendship became fists curled up in hate. The declarations of loyalty became voices raised in mockery and rejection. You come to our lives and we welcome you as our saviour, the one who sets us free. But we too can so quickly change our tune when you overturn our expectations, when you do not act as we hope, when you turn out to have different ideas from our own. We too, even while professing faith and going through the motions of commitment, can push you aside, preferring our own way to yours. Lord Jesus Christ, on this day, we are reminded of how easy it is to welcome you as King of Kings, but how hard to follow in the way of the cross. Lord Jesus, have mercy, for in your, your name we ask it. Amen. We say together the prayer that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. Find us the kingdom, power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are doing this, say the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, What are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus has told them, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. People spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches that they had cut in the fields. Those were went ahead, and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom coming of our father David, Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve.
Thank you to all those who've taken part in worship this morning and thank you for joining with us as we worship God. As we move into Holy Week, we have short meditations each morning at 8am and on Monday Thursday we shall meet at 7pm for worship and again on Good Friday at 11am. You're welcome to join us for all or just a few of these services if you're able to. But now we make our offering to God. Let us pray. God, whose giving knows no ending, we know how to say thank you when we receive. Right now we say thank you as we give. In our giving, hear our heartfelt gratitude for all that you are and all that we have. Bless our gifts for your mission in the world and bless the other gifts we have to bring to your mission, opening our eyes to how you are calling us to participate. In Jesus' name, Amen. Just a little more than a year ago, the great powers of the world were confident. America, the largest economy in the world, was in the midst of one of the longest bull markets in recent history. China, the second economic power, was flexing its military and economic muscle. Europe was getting ready for another high tourist season in spring and summer. But then, a tiny microbe came along and changed all this. 
political leaders, business leaders, scientists were all caught unprepared and confounded. Many people grew ill and died. Economies went into a tailspin. It was like being out at sea, caught off guard by a violent storm. So what are we to learn from this crisis and how are we to make our way out of it? Perhaps the Lenten season, the setting for this Covid drama, provides some clues to answering this riddle. Palm Sunday marks a transition from Lent into Holy Week. Remember that Lent begins with ashes and the phrase, remember people that you are dust and unto dust you shall return. Then we come to Palm Sunday. The anointed King of David enters the royal city. Yet he chooses for his vehicle a common working animal. It's important to remember when a conquering hero of the ancient world rode into town in triumph. It was normally in a regal chariot or on the back of a stately stallion. Legions of soldiers accompanied them in the victory procession. Triumphal arches covered in their name and decorated with relief sculptures were often erected to immortalise their valiant victory. After driving out demons, healing the sick and raising the dead, it was a time for the King of Kings to enter the holy city. But to do so, he rode not on the back of a war horse, but on a donkey. His companions accompanied him, brandishing not swords, but palm branches. The monument to his victory, erected a week later, was not a celebration arch, but a crucifix. His earthly beginning was frightfully humble, and his earthly end would be no different. The wood of the manger prefigured the wood of the cross. From beginning to end, the details are humiliating. No room in the inn, born amidst the stench of a stable, hunted by Herod's men, growing up in a far-flung province of the Roman Empire, Galilee, the land where the country accent is so thick you can cut through it with a knife. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 73, it tells how the high priest servant girl knew Peter was a disciple of Jesus by his accent. It gave him away. Jesus' disciples were not cultured, learned men of ability. They were drawn from the ordinary working people of a backwater region. When one of his closest companions offered to betray him, he did not require millions. Jesus' worth was reckoned to be no more than the Old Testament book value of a slave, 30 pieces of silver. When he was finally handed over to the Romans, he was not given the punishment meted out to the Roman citizens. Beheading was the quick, dignified way to execute someone as standing. Instead, Jesus was given punishments reserved for slaves and rebellious members of conquered peoples, whipping and crucifixion. These two penalties were not just about pain, but about the humiliation. In first century Judea, men and women typically covered themselves from head to toe, even in the scorching heat. A crucified man was stripped naked and put on display for all to see. But this is not primarily a story of violence and humiliation. The events of Holy Week are much more about love and humility. 
That's why on Passion Sunday, we read the powerful words of Paul's letters from the Philippians. Though the divine word was God, dwelling in the serene heights of heavenly glory, he freely plunged to the depths of human misery, sending Jesus into our frail nature, entering him into our turbulent world. As if this act of humility was not enough, he further humbled himself, accepting the status of a slave. His act of stooping down to wash the feet of the disciples was a parable of his whole human existence. For this act was regarded as so undignified that not even the Israelite slaves could be compelled to do it. But that's just it. Jesus was not compelled to do it. He willingly lowered himself in his birth, in his ministry, in his death. No one took his life from him. In John chapter 10 verses 18, it states that he freely laid down his own life. Others did not have the chance to humble him. He humbled himself. And it had to be so. The second Adam had to undo the damage caused by the first. What was the sin of our first parents? They disobeyed because they wanted to know what God knew. To be like God. To exalt themselves over God. They were bitten by the serpent and injected with the deadly venom of pride. The antidote, the anti-venom, could only be humility. The foot-washing, donkey-riding new Adam would crush the head of the deadly serpent by means of a loving, humble obedience. The firstborn of many brothers lowers himself to the dust from which the first Adam has been made. Indeed, humility comes from the word hummus. But God responded to this humility by exalting him far above Caesars, kings and even Hollywood stars. And he invites us to share his glory with him. But first, we must walk on his road to glory, the royal road of the cross. At the time of Jesus, Jerusalem was impressed with its own beauty. The temple remodelled by Herod the Great gleamed with splendour and was the pride of the people. Jerusalem was confident in itself and saw a path to victory through violence and worldly power. Jesus, in contrast, came in humility, with a call to salvation through humble repentance. He called God's people to recognise that they were not sufficient to save themselves, they needed a saviour and that God had sent them one as a free, undeserved gift from a loving father. Pope Francis noted that the COVID-19 crisis exposes our vulnerability and uncovers those false and superfluous certainties around which we have constructed our daily schedules, our projects, our habits and our priorities. It shows us how we have allowed ourselves to become dull and feeble. The very things that nourish, sustain and strengthen our lives and our communities. Of course, we ought to seek prudently to minimise the damage of the coronavirus storm to lives and livelihoods. But if we simply try to work our way out of it through our own cleverness, we will have failed to learn the lesson of Palm Sunday. The path to salvation is not one of self-assertion, of relying on our greatness, but instead 
through acknowledging our absolute dependence upon God. The Palm Sunday road of humility and obedience is ultimately the only way out of the humiliation caused by a tiny microbe that has brought the world to its knees. Amen. The Donkey by G. K. Chesterton When fishes flew and forests walked and figs grew upon the thorn. Some moment when the moon was blood, then surely I was born. With monstrous head and sickening cry, and ears like errant wings, the devil's walking parody on all four-footed things. The tattered outlaw of the earth, of ancient crooked will, starve, scourge, deride me, I am dumb, I keep my secret still. Fools, for I also had my hour, one far fierce hour and sweet. There was a shout about my ears and palms before my feet. welcome Jesus and hail him as our King, let us offer to God our Father in prayer the deep concerns of the world. We bring to your love all who are troubled in this lockdown 
and especially those who have lost their faith or have stopped praying. May they be brought back through your love and put into contact with those who can guide and reassure them. Lord, uphold us. Give us your strength. We bring to your love our own loved ones, the members of our families, our friends and especially those from whom we are separated in this lockdown. The distance is hard, Lord. We miss the hugs, Lord. We think about those without homes, those who are missing. May your powerful love protect us from all that is evil. Lord, uphold us. Give us your strength. We bring to your love those suffering or recovering from COVID and other life-threatening diseases. Those who need medical care but are either too poor or live too far away to receive it. Make us more ready to help with our time, money and influence so that unnecessary suffering and death are avoided. Lord, uphold us. Give us your strength. We bring to your love those who have died. May they rest in the light and joy of your presence forever. Father, may we praise you not only with our voices, but also in the lives we lead. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Saturday. May God in his infinite mercy grant you a journey of renewal and hope, a time of prayer and reflection and joyful anticipation of our Lord's resurrection. Amen. <laughs>